Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we are going through a series called Be the Church, and so we thought we would go back to the Scriptures, back all the way to the early church in Acts chapter 2, and look at some different areas that they were committed to, to help us to understand what we need to be as a church. And so, over the last four weeks, we've looked at four of the five commitments, and if you go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, you'll see that there were five areas of commitment there. There was the commitment to God's Word. There was a commitment to intimate relationships. There was a commitment to prayer. There was a commitment to worship. But now we're going to talk about an area that I'm going to be flat out honest with you. I'm nervous this morning. I'm not normally nervous. You would think after 20 years of pastoring I wouldn't be nervous. Well, I'm nervous. Why are you nervous, George? Because we're going to talk about giving, and we don't talk about that in our church. You know, I've been here 14 years, and I think... In the last 14 years, I think I've only talked about this three times, and we're talking about it today. Why? Well, the reality is is that I have to, not because we're in financial straits, but because I'm doing you a disservice by not talking about it. Because giving, whether you realize it or not, is really a part of our lives as believers, not just a part of the church. What do you mean by that, George? Well, first of all, let me just kind of lay to rest some things that maybe you've been taught. Because some of you have been to church, and if you were like me, I can remember going to a church where you you basically heard messages about giving all the time and maybe had several offerings during a service and so forth. And, And so, therefore, when people say, all the church talks about is what? Money. Now, being a product of that, I've tended to react towards that by not talking about the issue. But again, I've done you a disservice because, to be honest with you, what we're going to see here in this passage that we're about to look at is is that giving is a part of the life as a believer. Now, I'm going to tell you what I mean by giving. When I talk about giving, I'm not just talking about giving to the church. So let's just go ahead and say that right off the bat. So this message is not going to be about what you give to the church. When we look at the New Testament and we look at the issue of giving, we're going to see that giving is an issue with regards to what God tells you to give to others. Not just to the church, but to others. What do you mean by that, George? Well, sometimes you and I go through life and we see somebody who's in need, and the Holy Spirit may guide us and lead us to want to help that person, right? Have you ever had that happen? But we're either help them or we don't, and there are different reasons why. So we're going to talk about the the reason why giving needs to be a part of your life as a believer and really a part of our life, a commitment that we have here as a church. And so we're going to talk about that today, and I hope you bear with me, only because I don't want you to get the wrong perception. We're not just talking about giving to the church here. We're talking about you being giving people willing to help others. So let's look at the scripture today. We're going to actually look at two portions of scripture. We're going to talk, first of all, about our struggle. Why is this an issue? Why is this an issue for me? Two things I want you to see here. 
First of all, you and I, we sense the Lord moving our hearts to give. You know, a lot of times when I've heard messages on giving, I've, I've been, it's been messages about being commanded to give and, and responding to giving. And, and, and the reality is, is that most of us, let's just be flat out honest with us, we understand giving. You don't need to have a message to tell you how to give. That's really not the big issue. You understand giving. But if we're going to deal with the issue about why we don't give or why we're not receptive to giving, we really need to get back to the core and start at ground one, and that is the reality is God moves our hearts to give, not necessarily to the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can hear about a family that's in crisis, that has met, has some sort of need, and God moves your heart and says, why don't you take care of that for them? Giving does not necessarily have to be money. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, let me just stop for a moment. Every one of us, whether we are giving people or not, are led by the Holy Spirit, our, our God speaks to our hearts and, and communicates with us and says to us, why don't you help somebody out? Why don't you give in this area? Do you understand? I think we can all relate to that. You and I, we are moved by God in our heart to give. That's the first thing. We say, I thought, George, we're talking about our struggle here. I mean, that doesn't seem to be a struggle. Yeah, we recognize that we have God moving in our heart to give. Well, here's where the struggle comes in. Here's where the struggle is. We're afraid to give. We're afraid to give. Why are we afraid to give, George? Well, we can sit here all day and list the reasons. I only make so much money, George. If I gave to them, who's going to take care of me? If I gave to this situation that God's moving my heart in at the church, who's going to take care of me? We, 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 we're afraid to give. Well, what if I give? Here's the other one we're afraid of. What if, what if I give and they keep asking? Do you know what I'm saying? Like if you help somebody out and now all of a sudden they're like asking you all the time, Hey, buddy, thanks. How about the next time? And you're like, well, I only, I only did what God told me to do. I didn't expect this was a commitment. We're afraid to give. Did you understand what I'm saying? We're afraid. And, and it goes even deeper than that because here's the thing. Here's the thing. We want to help other people out, but let, let's just be honest with ourselves. We don't want to commit ourselves to anybody. And get involved in their what? Stuff. Do you know what I mean? So we have this struggle going on because we sense in our hearts the Holy Spirit, God speaking to us and saying, Hey, how about, how about helping out? How about you give something in this area? Or help in that situation with that person? But the problem is we're afraid. We're afraid to give. And I'll just be honest with you. You can write this down. It's not, it's not in your notes there. The reason why we're afraid, it, it, it comes down to one word. Trust. We've got a problem with trusting. What do you mean, George? we got a problem with trusting God. Because he's the one who's moving your heart, isn't he? He's the one who's telling you, help that person out, or give to that situation or that thing that's going on at the church. He's the one who's telling you to give, but we're afraid. And the reason why we're afraid comes down to one word, trust. We don't know if we can trust. What I want to show you today is, how can you get to that point of trusting him? Because that's our struggle, isn't it? 
I mean, we've already said, we sense God calling, telling us in our hearts that we need to be willing to give. And again, let me just stop for a moment. This is not a message about you giving money to the church. I mean, yes, be the church series. But the wonderful things about a church is, remember I told you, intimate relationships, being there for other people, Christ-centered worship, believing prayer. One of the things about being the church that God wants us to be, we need to be have a commitment to, and here's what it is, radical giving. Now, why do I say radical giving? Because what God calls us to do is just flat-out radical. What do you mean by that, George? Because you know what? Here's the thing. Our culture is so self-focused. It's so self-absorbed. It's all about you and what you can get and your focus on you. But when God calls us to give, he's wanting us to turn our eyes off of ourselves and turn our eyes to other people and be willing to respond to him to be his hands. And give. And when I talk about giving, I'm not just talking about money because maybe what he's calling you to give is your ability. It's your muscle. It's your brain power. And he's calling you to give it in that area to help other people. But see, here's the problem. The problem is is that we have church and we've had so long of church where giving is just simply what you put in the offering plate. And you're constantly being hounded to put in the offering plate. And folks, yeah, things are, we have to operate. But that's just life, isn't it? But we want to talk about what God's calling us to do. That's radical generosity in every area of our life. So let's look at it together. Let's start, first of all, with 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 1 to 8. And we're going to talk about the nature of giving here. Paul's writing to Corinthian church. We know it's a church that's got problems, but he's going to try to encourage them in an area. So I want you to notice with me what he is saying here. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in great trial and affliction, the abundance of their joy and deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and fellowship of ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus, that as he had begun, that he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a couple of points here, three points I want to show you. They're going to tell you the nature of giving here. First thing I want you to see from this section of verses is this. Giving is a grace given to you by God. Giving is a grace given to you by God. 
First thing I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to see. This is what I think has been missing from the church for so long. I mean, I mean, I remember, I mean, I remember coming to church, going to church, and I mean, there'd be a Sunday school offering. Then there would be the normal offering in the service. Then there was a special offering for the special speaker who was there. And then there would be the loose change offering. That's basically if you had anything left at the end of the service, the ushers would be at the door for you to dump it in the plate on the way out. And and I got to the place as a young college student, I'd be like, man, I'm just leaving my wallet at home. I'll bring my tithe, but I ain't bringing no more. Do you know what I'm saying? And you get that attitude about church. And it, because it becomes this obligation. But man, when you open up the Bible, right here he's telling them, I, I want to tell you about the Macedonians and about their giving, he says. And then he says, and I'm telling Titus to help you to understand. And just as you've abounded in these other areas of grace, You need to abound in this area of grace. See, you and I need to understand that giving is an issue. It is grace. What do you mean? Well, first of all, does everybody understand what grace is? Forget the theological definition. The theological definition is unmerited favor. Grace, the literal meaning is it's getting what you don't deserve. So what he does is is he's saying here that he is giving us the ability... Because we don't deserve it, he's giving us the ability to give. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's giving you the ability to give. In whatever area, whether it's to the church or to your neighbor or to the friend or to some guy that you see somewhere, he's giving you the ability to give as he tells you to give. It's a grace. Think of it that way. Well, here's the problem. The problem is, is remember what I said, the struggle that we have is, is we, we sense the Holy Spirit telling us to give in whatever area, but we're afraid to give because we don't what? Trust. And the reason why we don't trust is that we don't see how it's possible. It's a grace. It's a grace. First thing I want you to see is giving is a grace given to you by God. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Look at verse 8. You've got to focus on this. If you want to put a big star by this when it comes to the issue of giving, all right? You're, you're not going to believe that a preacher said this to you, but it says it right here in the Bible. He says, I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. Here's the nature of giving, folks. The second thing. The first thing, it's a grace. The second thing is, giving is not a commandment. It's not a commandment. We say, well, wait a minute now, George. I remember years ago, you know, they would go to the Old Testament and they would talk about Abraham and they would talk about the law saying that you need to give a tenth and a tithe and and this, that, or another. And I remember my preacher telling me that if I didn't give, God would get it from me anyhow. Have you sat through those kind of sermons? Now, here's the problem with that. The problem is, is that if you're living in the Old Testament law, that would probably be true. 
But you and I aren't under the law, are we? We're in the new covenant that's established by Jesus, and Jesus came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And now he gives us the ability to do what the law is saying. It's a grace. In fact, have you noticed, you know, I was thinking back all through all the messages that I've heard on giving. I've never heard very many from the New Testament. You want to know why? Because the New Testament doesn't command you to give. It urges you to give. It encourages you to give. And because like verse 8, it flat out says to you, I'm not commanding you to do this. So the first thing is, giving is a grace given to you by God. Second thing, giving is not a commandment. So what is it then? Look with me, last part of verse 8. I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. What is he doing here? Here's the thing. Giving is an act of love for others. That's what giving is. Giving is an act of love. So listen, listen to me. So there you are. You're going through town and you see your friend. And your friend's going through a rough time. They're having a hard time. And you know that they're struggling financially because all of a sudden they got hit with these medical bills that you already know about because you've been praying about it anyhow in church. And you know that they're struggling at work and everything. And God's laying it on your heart and he says to you, give them that 20 in your wallet. Oh, and you know, Lord, I, 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 I can't. I can't give him that. I need that for lunch. Lord, you know I, I want to get those hot dogs at Sheets. And I've got to have my coffee. And God says, no. I'm telling you, I'm urging you. You know he's hurting. Give him the 20. See, giving's an act of love. See, it's, it's giving is bringing you out of your self-absorption to be others-focused. Did you understand what I'm saying? And how many times, some of you can, some of you know that when you gave them the 20, they were like, oh man, I just needed that. I didn't have any gas in the car. And think of the blessing. You know, we talk ourselves about robbing ourselves of blessing. Think of the blessing of rob you're robbing yourself of when you don't respond to God when He's calling you to give to somebody else to help them. See, that's the nature of giving. It's a grace. God gives you the ability to do it, but it's not a command. Nobody's going to sit here and say, We all shall give. But rather. What the scripture is calling you to is an understanding, listen to me, an understanding that giving is an act of love. It's an act of love if you give in your church. It's an act of love if you give to other people. But you give. You give. You say, okay, George, I understand that. But man, I'm still having a hard time 
with the trust issue because, yeah, I recognize it. We're back to that original struggle. God's moving my heart to give, but I'm afraid because who's going to take care of me? Who's going to provide for me? So, yeah, it's nice for God to say, give my 20. But I don't necessarily got it to give. And I'm not eating hot dogs at Sheets. That's where we go over to chapter 9 now. We could actually spend a whole lot more time going through these two chapters, because these two chapters talk about giving in a most extensive way. I would encourage you to read it on your own. But I just want to focus in on verses 6 through 11 of chapter 9 and talk about God's empowerment. Because here's the wonderful thing. Here's what I want you to understand, folks, so that you grasp this principle. When God moves your heart to do something, He's not necessarily wanting you to figure out how to do it. He's not necessarily wanting you to get it all figured out for yourself. Why? He wants to do it through you so that He gets the glory for what He asks you to do. Do you understand? Not yourself. And you say, oh, man, I'm glad I, I, I was there for that person. No, you give God the glory. Man, I was on my last nickel. God told me to give my last nickel to somebody. And He blessed me and blessed them. Look at me. Look at what he says here, verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things and may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supplies and multiplies the seed that you have sown and increases the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything with all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us towards God. Two things I want you to see here. As we talk about God's empowerment, here's what I want you to understand. First thing you need to understand about giving. Giving should be a free act of the will. Giving should be the free act of the will. Notice what he said here. You should not give by compulsion. What does that mean? Here's what compulsion is. If Brad would let me take him, I would twist his arm around his back and just kind of raise it up until he's screaming in pain. And that's the way most of us... I'm not going to do that to you, bro. Okay? All right. That's the way most of us think sometimes when it comes to the whole issue of giving in church. Oh no, there we go again. We got another message. And doesn't that preacher understand what in the world's going on in my life and, and the bills that are coming through? And boy, that deductible now with my medicals really hurting. And, and, you know, and, and, now, and then that deer hit my car and I got a deductible there, you know. And, and now he's saying about us giving and it's like, just raise the arm up behind my back a little bit more. Okay. Here you go, Lord. 
God doesn't, this, giving should not be by compulsion. Notice what he says there. Look with me. I mean, I think it's very specific. Look at what it says there. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart. It should be when you give, it should be a free will decision on your part to give. Notice what he says there. Not grudgingly or by compulsion or of necessity. What does that mean? What I just said. Don't have somebody twist your arm into giving. It's got to be a free act of the will. Why? Because God loves what? Cheerful giver. He doesn't like a grumbling giver. He doesn't like somebody grumbling. He wants you to give free will. So here's his empowerment. Notice the next thing. He provides for what he calls you to do. That's what you and I got to understand. When he moves your heart to give to that person, or when he moves your heart to help with something at the church, he's going to give you the ability to do it. But you got to trust him. Do you know what I mean? you got to trust him. Here's what I want you to understand. When God tells you to do something, when he gives you the opportunity, and the problem is, is we got a trust issue. Should I do this? Should I give in this area? Should I help this dude out? Should I help that family out with what they're struggling with? The first thing we do is, is I ain't got the ability to do it, so I can't do it. No, no, God's telling you to do it, so you need to trust him to what? Provide you the opportunity to do it. In fact, look at what he says there. I think this is interesting. Look at what he says there. It's like we overlook it. Verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for what? Every good work. He's saying, God is able to help you to do what he's asking you to do so that you're able to do it. And that's exactly what he did to the Macedonians. Verse 3, that according to their ability, yes, beyond their ability, they were freely willing to give. See, this is the issue of giving. It's not that we you need to be told to give. We don't need to tell you to give. You already know that. The issue is, it comes right down to the big issue, it's an issue of trust. When God tells you to give, to help out your neighbor, when God tells you to give, to maybe help out at the church, when God tells you to give, to help out a family who's struggling here, or, or this, that, or another, and it's not necessarily my finances again, folks, it's ability. Maybe you're a mechanic and you've got a family that's struggling with a car issue, you can help them out. Or maybe you're a carpenter and you can help them out with their issue at the house or a plumber. The issue is, is do you trust God to be obedient to Him in what you're doing to help them? 
Because I'm going to be honest with you folks, when we look back at that early church, when you go all the way back to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, you'll see that when they saw a need among themselves, they helped each other out. That's radical. That's what he's calling us to. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.